looks like a, a like a salad. La la la, like with the arms and stuff on the floor. Oh, Boy, this one's weird. <laughs> I tend to forget that this song exists. Like <laughs> no. Viewer discretion is advised. Your fave will be criticized. That's cool. That's Shan. Welcome to CCTV, the nonstop pop show. And today we will be reviewing Kylie Minogue's Body Language album. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Looking for an awesome global music podcast? Chris and I have the inside scoop with extensive experience from performing on stage and working at record labels. We review and deep dive into your favorite artists' songs and careers, and also interview music industry heavy hitters, including artists, producers, choreographers, and everything in between. So join us here and also on Patreon at patreon.com slash cctvpops and become a part of our amazing crew, including Lisette, Lily, Emily, Kevin, and Juliet. Subscribe now and let's explore the world of pop music together. Woo! All right. So we're going back in time to 2003 today to talk mm-hmm. about Kylie Minogue, who we love. <laughs> um, we've done a, quite a few episodes about Kylie, but yeah, how do you feel about her today? <laughs> yeah, you know, that makes sense. It's been a while. I'm a, I'm a two-year-old fan, even though I heard of her, you know, in the Ikea when I was a little kid and didn't realize it was her. You know, she and I have had an interesting relationship, but I think this, you know, two-year relationship of me getting to know her has been very beautiful, very talented. I saw her at, in New York. I didn't get to meet her at the, the Prosecco thing, the yeah. event. But I saw her, and that's all that matters. She is a beautiful angel, and she's so talented. So I really like her, and I'm excited for this one because it has one of my favorite songs on it. Yes. <laughs> yes. As always, I'm still a huge Kylie fan. <laughs> um, <laughs> nothing has really changed there. Um, but yes, yeah, she's, been, she's been pretty active. There's a lot of talk about the new era, so this is a good time to go back and, back and just review some of the old ones again. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. Hopefully that whole Vegas thing actually happens and we can go and see her because that would be amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's get into body language. So this is Kylie's ninth studio album, and it was released in November 2003. And it was released hot off the heels of her dance pop album Fever and the worldwide success of songs such as Can't Get You Out of My Head and Love at First Sight. Um, And so after all that, Kylie wanted to switch up her sound a bit and go a bit more minimalistic with 80s electro, synth pop, R&B, and electro clash influences. Mm -hmm. And this album receives mixed reviews from fans and critics alike, with some loving the experimentation and some feeling it hurt her momentum of global commercial success. Despite that, this album is still praised for the creative concept, with many noting the similarities to songs by 80s artists, including Prince and Janet Jackson. But now we will go track by track and discuss the production vocals and lyrics and give our ratings for each song. So the first song on the album is Slow. And this one was done by Kylie Minogue, Dan Carey, Emiliana Torini, and Sunny Rhodes. And it was released as the lead single from Body Language. And it achieved huge success, hitting number one in multiple countries all over the world. The title Body Language is also taken from the line in the track, Read My... Body language. Yes. Um, The music video was filmed at the Piscina Municipal de Montjuic. Oh, gosh. How do you say Mm -hmm. that? Mm -hmm. Got it. No, because last time I had to say it. I I should have listened back to how you did it. But yeah, at that swimming pool in Barcelona, Spain. And (laughs) Kylie has noted that the song is still her favorite song from across her entire discography. So we actually did an entire episode dedicated to Slow. So you should definitely go check it out. We talked about all the different reinventions that she's done with her music director, Steve Anderson. And, you know, she's done a burlesque version. There's been a mashup with Donna Summer's Love to Love You, Baby. It's been brilliant kind of just hearing everything she's done. So, yeah, definitely Mm -hmm. go check out that episode after this one. You know what? After listening to it again in the whole body of the album, I think I could understand why some people were like, wait, what? What? This is not... Can't get you out of my head. Because it was so big. It was so lush. It was so involved. 
And this is the opposite of that. I mean, I'm not saying there was an effort put in, but the effortlessness is what the approach was supposed to be. And I could understand why people were like, what happened? Um, but yeah, I think this is the song that snatched me up when we watched the Aphrodite tour a couple years ago. We watched like the little like jazzy version. And I thought, mm. wow, this is great. Um, and I think because uh, we, I had saw that a part of the, its infinite incarnations, I remember not being all that like amazed or wowed by the production of this song, of this track. Like, I've gotten used to it now. right? I've gotten so used to it. Um, like I can pinpoint it when I'm at like arena concert and they play it like before she comes out. Mm. But I can understand the the little bit of like lackluster feeling you might feel when you hear it. Cause you're like, okay, this is a little weird. The music's kind of percolating. The beat is just very like slow. And then it like, kind of just sounds like, I don't know. <laughs> How do you describe that? Right. Um, but yeah, I think what really does really sell the song for me is the ooziness of the vocal delivery and the, um, the huskiness. And the approach she takes, because whisper singing is not as easy as people think it is. And she's not just whispering. She's like singing really low and then like pushing it out still and has a little bit of a wrath. And like, oh, God. So it's very, um, how you say, it has urgency in it and there's some tension, but it's like a slow, oozy kind of tension. You know, like thick molasses, not, you know, not like drippy, drippy lube. You know what I'm saying? So it's nice. So I (laughs) like it now, but I I can understand the. Yes, I definitely was that when I first heard it. I think I said this in the other episode, too, where the first time I heard it, I was like, you know, because I loved the electro pop intensity of kind of the Fever album, Light Years album. Um, But yes, I've since grown to love this. And same with you. You know, she has talked about the push pull effect of the song, the tension. Um, And now that I have listened to this so much, it's something that I now notice is missing from a lot of music in general as well. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's something I've learned to appreciate a lot more when there is that tension there. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, the build in this song is still so, so great. Like the way the little layers get added in every yeah. few bars, new synths, new harmonies, new octaves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it all gets a bit frantic and aggressive at the end, right? It mm-hmm. starts off kind of very subdued and it does it does build an in intensity, but very yeah. subtly. Um, so yeah, that's just, it's brilliant. Um, yes. I will never get bored of listening to this song. But I agree though, like having heard all the live versions, it is a little tough sometimes to come back to the original one. <laughs> all these incarnations are like... Yeah, yeah. Because um, like they're just more dramatic, right? Yeah. But yeah. Right, um, right. What do you think of the music video? The video is so sexy and I'm so glad you're the one who had to say the Spanish because I said it last time. Oh I was gosh, I'm sorry. Out. That was probably terrible. You did pretty decently. <laughs> I think so. I mean... Y'all, if you're new here on the show, we have seen so many special, beautiful names from different countries and different words. And we've we tried our best to say it. Right. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that aside, though, I, I, I think the video is interesting because you have all these writhing bodies and I'm not that much, I like to party. I do. But I don't like people touching me. So this video is like my nightmare, but also like a fantasy a little bit because I want to be that comfortable to lay with all these people and kind of like ooh, writhe and stuff. But that kind of adds to it because no one's touching. It's like. And I said that last time. It's still the same feeling. It's like, touch, touch it now! <laughs> but I like, <laughs> I like that. And everyone's looking really hot. And then she looks very like, you know, she, Kylie's always been very sexy without forcing her hand, you know? Or just like, I'm sexy. She said it without having to say it. And I think the subtlety of all of it is really nice. And everyone's hot. So we like that. You yes. Know? <laughs> yeah, I think this is just a perfect example of Kylie. Like, it shows so many different sides to her and how just like magnetic she is on camera because surrounded by all these hot people like you do just kind of watch her the whole time um mm-hmm. and yeah the cinematography is just so good like the overhead shot's so simple but even mm-hmm. the way like I, I did some pauses when I was watching it this this time and like just watching how they positioned all the different bodies and the different angles and stuff and mm-hmm. you're right it's like People are barely touching, if at all. Um, mm-hmm. There might be an arm that might cross another or but like for the most part it's perfect placement yeah yeah, which is brilliant yeah so i still love this music video and it fits the song perfectly Mm -hmm. yes Yes. all right so i will definitely give this one a 10 how about you (laughs) in terms of this album because i'm still a kylie a baby kylie fan i'll say i'll say a 9.5 because i'm a little still like like mm, you know Mm. i'm still attached to my incarnations i'm like i like that interesting interesting Up next is Still Standing by Baby Ash and Alexis Strum. So, this one, 
is interesting. But I'm let you kick it off. What do you okay. think about this track? Yeah, I mean, I always think, because she opened her mm-hmm. Body Language Live show mm-hmm. with this song and she recreates the album cover. So I always just think of that when I hear this song, like this song represents this album for me, I think because of that. Um, but yeah, I think it's super, super fun. I love all the wispy synth that surround the whole thing. And, and the way the chorus is produced is really, really cool. You've got yeah. the robotic layers of her vocal, the interesting background vocals that are not all her. Um, mm-hmm. 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 And then the way the pop stuff, like all those yeah. are, are the way they're echoing and stuff. And they're kind of in the back and they kind of sound like an instrument, but also it's her. It's yeah. all very it's interesting because it's it sounds simple, but it's not simple at all. It's it's mm. very complex and it's very, very effective. I love the idea of the song as well. Like it's just a great statement of her confidence and her yeah. power in the industry at that point. Like she had she no longer had anything to prove, right? She did this huge comeback and became bigger than she ever was before that. So now it's like, right. all right, like now I'm gonna like just do what I wanna do. So yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, after listening to like the uh the Renaissance album, like, a long, long time ago. I, I kept singing um, Devils on the Shoulder mm. to this, or I sang Blow uh, to this. I don't know. Something about it is just very, it's very, um, she doesn't sing too much, so there's not a lot of words. So you can kind of just throw anything in there. You can kind of throw any melody on top of this, and it's really nice. And I think that's because of the production itself being so funky and fun and kind of, um, uh, um, Almost like a, a like a salad of different ingredients. You can tell this is this is the lettuce, this is the tomato, this is nothing is like I'm not saying it's not mixed well, but it's mixed in a way and put together in a way where you can identify what is coming in. You can listen to it, but oh that's different. Oh, that's new. Oh, is that a cranberry? I like this salad. That's what it's giving. And mm. it sounds like Prince. Uh, this is one of the tracks that I got Prince from. I've been listening to Prince because I have like a I'm a Prince fan over here. But I hear it and I like that and um the whips, the whippish sound. I mean, it's straight from the 80s for sure. But I think of like 1999 or even Kiss, you know, mm. and I was singing 1999 when the song was playing, too. Uh, it has a nice synth pop feel to it. It feels like disco as well. And I will say that I feel like she's very true to that. Like She knows what she wants. She's been very consistent in that sense. Um, like it feels like it was produced by like a modular Moog synthesizer, like Donna Summer's I Feel Love, but not the high energy that thing, 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 thing. It doesn't mm-hmm. have that. But it has that very kind of computer-esque. Um, no natural sounding instrument kind of feel. Um, I like that the lyrics are fun and flirty. I'm not going to lie to you. The title made me think that the song was like some ballad, like, I'm still standing, you know, something like that, <laughs> you know? But it's about her making things pop. So hot that they drop. And I thought yeah. that was fun too. Very flirty, which is interesting because if you listen to like Can't Get You On My Head and um, Love At First Sight, those are like explicitly about falling in love, you know, like, oh my God, this person. This one's like, no, nah, I'm just trying to good time mm. i'm here for a good time not a long time i think it's interesting to kind of hear this tone i don't know how old she was at the time but she's sitting into that womanhood you know and it's nice yeah to i hear think it. around mid-30s maybe yeah. yeah that's fun and for her to be in that mid-30s era and still be making like little flirty songs like this is fun mm-hmm. so yeah mm-hmm. all right so what do you rate it oh yes I like this one a lot because it's up my alley so i'll give it an 8.5 yeah okay I, like this one. I will go an eight all right, the third track on the album is Secret, parentheses, Take You Home. And this one has a lot of credits because there's a sample in it. So this one mm-hmm. is done by Rez, Miss Dynamite, Kurt, Kurt-T-T-T, Bideau, Paul <laughs> Anthony of Full Force, Be Fine, Bow-Legged Lou, Gerald Charles, Shy Shy, Lisa Green, and Reza Safinia. And as I mentioned, it does have a sample in the chorus of the 1984 song, I wonder if I take you home by Lisa Lisa and Cult Jam. And fun fact, the song was actually released as a single, but only in Taiwan. And apparently, (laughs) according to the minimal notes I could find about it, it apparently was a big hit. I can believe it. I can believe it. It sounds very like, (laughs) like fun and flirty and like, it sounds kind of young. Like, I don't want to say bratty, but it sounds a little bit young, like someone younger should be singing it. Mm. Not that pop should have an age on it, but something about it sounds very like, mm. I think the rapping is what does it too. <laughs> the rapping is fun on it. I think she does sound very like, and again, it's very flirty in the way she sings it. If I let you stay, if I let you in. Like that kind of like <laughs> fun. It doesn't sound like too serious. It's it's cool. I can imagine this being a single. Um, I don't know what makes singles work in different countries, but I can understand it being popular. Like, yeah, I would, I would have liked it if it was released out here. Yeah. Um, 
I think the Lisa Lisa cult jam situation is cool. I mean, Black Eyed Peas used this. I wonder if I take you home, would you still be in love, baby? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I will say that uh, the song is 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 a great song to that song to me is a great song to sample because it's fun. It's, that one's a little bit more like if I gave you a chance, would you like actually want to be with me for the rest of your life? But this one's like, listen, I'm trying to do one thing, one thing only. If you keep your mouth shut, <laughs> you can come with me. You know, yeah. I got to watch my back because I'm not just anybody. Um, but yeah, I like the lyric about like, uh, don't confuse emotions with the, pres- the pleasure principle. I mean, it's like a nice nod to Janet if you want to look at it that way. Or you can like think about the Freudian analysis about seeking instant grat. So this mm, song, I think again, it's both. You know, I like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's cool. It depends on how you want to look at it. If you were like, oh, my God, say not that Janet. Hello, me. I was like, oh, my God. Um, but it's fun. I mean, the song is all about a good hookup. Like, nothing I ascribe to personally. But I can see how someone would be like, oh, yeah, this is my jam. Like, and I love the part about the song where, um, uh, are you ready for the change? And then the production kind of uh, switches up a little bit. And then the pre-hook gets a little bit more interesting. Like I said, the rap part is really fun. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not like a, like a whole, yeah, uh, and a boom, bap, bap, but it's like nice and rhythmic. Mm-hmm. I liked it. It was different. I'm not sure she's ever done it before or has she done it again since? I'm not I don't sure. Think so. Yeah, it's fun. I liked yeah. it. Um, one thing I will say, though, the way it was vocally produced, I was getting Madonna. Um, oh, interesting. I was getting Madonna. I forgot what song it was. Um, shoot, I can't think of it right now, but it sounded like Madonna at a certain point, which is not bad. Madonna, Madonna yeah. was killing it at one point before, you know, things happen. But, you know, so what are your mm-hmm. thoughts about it? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think even way back then, I thought this was a good single contender. Mm-hmm. It is a memorable one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it could have worked in the U.S. as well. I think it'd be interesting to go back and look at kind of the U.S. release of this because she definitely lost momentum, right? Like, Can't Get You Out of My Head was big. Love for Sight was yeah. big. And this yeah. didn't really hit. But I think if they chose different singles, it maybe would have done better. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, because, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, this album sounds American. So, like, they should have just leaned into that. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Uh, um, yeah, I think this song is cool. I think you can hear a lot of influences in it. There are those 80s elements that run through the whole album, but it does have that very American R&B pop 2000s thing mm-hmm. going for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the production is really fun. You get an interesting synth that's very wiry. You get all these little beeps. Um, mm-hmm. And I like the little bass thumps that start and end the song kind of on their own. Um, yeah. There's a very kind of just subtle drive to it that that, that mm-hmm. provides. Um, and yeah, her vocals are really good. I think it's a good showcase of a few different tones that she has. You get the breathy, you get the really nasal kind of belts and sass. Um, and of course, yeah, the rapping is awesome. I love watching the performance of this. I think that's the only time she ever performed it, maybe, or one of the few times on that show. Um, but she seems to have a lot of fun with it. So yeah, I really enjoy that. And so yeah, this one's a highlight, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I will give it a nine. Oh, yeah, I think I would actually give it a nine too. It's a little bit better than the previous track to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Up next, we have Promises by Curtis Mantronic and David Billing. The song was released as a promotional single in only Ireland, which is interesting. Again, how in the world were they picking things out back in the day? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. <laughs> well, music back then was still very regional, right? Yeah. So we should talk about that, actually, because that was actually what fascinated me way back when I was like eight years old about yeah. like Britney and the Backstreet Boys and stuff, because yeah. I was questioning because I was in Asia and also in the U.S. And I was like, oh, this song was only a single here and it wasn't a single in the U.S. And the U.S. got this song. So, yeah, very, yeah. very interesting. We should totally get into that. Yes, that's like with mm-hmm. Prince, too. My, my friend has a bunch of, like, Japanese release. She's like, I don't have to, you know what I have to do for this? I was like, yeah. oh, God. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yes, this one's interesting because I think this was, like, the first, uh, like, serious topic oh. that's the focus, right? You know, but it's still maintaining a layer of sexiness. You know, like, it feels like you're letting all this fineness slip through your fingers, you fool. That's what it feels like. That, like, oh, you broke my heart and you lied to me. It was like, okay, keep lying. <laughs> going to drop a hot potato. Um, so I like that. But even though it is kind of serious, I think the synth chorus 
and the print synth chords and the pre-hook and certain elements of the production makes me feel like it's like a Dark Child album. Yeah. Uh, something from a Dark Child, oh, sorry, single, sorry. I was like, ooh, okay. It's not wrong, it's not bad. I'm always so, not curious, but I'm always so fascinated by how people from different countries interpret what they hear from like big hits here in America or vice versa. You know, like there's some songs when I'm like working, when I was working at a studio, they say, we want a song that sounds like this. You have to make it feel that way. Make mm. the, the new track feel like some, like the original, but not be a derivative. And then, not, oh my God, it's a lot to do. So I think they did a pretty good job of not making the song sound so same, same, same as like a lot of Dark Child songs. It yeah. just felt like R&B, you know? <laughs> it felt really fun. I think it's interesting because it also reminded me a little bit of Janet. Um, something about it was like the twanginess of it and the... I don't know. I just wanted to kind of just like, you know, do a little shola bop or something. Do something very Janet-esque to this, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah, there are a few songs on this album that could be Janet songs, actually, yeah. uh, which yeah. is interesting. Um, and that's something I never really thought about or noticed until mm. listening to it again for this. But yeah, this definitely sounds a little dated in the production. So I think that definitely goes in line with what you were saying. It has that like 2000s fake <laughs> guitar thing yeah, that a lot of yeah. people were doing. So there is a nostalgia to it now, kind of listening to it. I love this song's chorus. I think it's one of my favorite choruses on the whole album. Super, super catchy. And the way it's layered with the harmonies and stuff is really, really great and really, really full. And there are these high echoey um, things that she does in the backgrounds as well that add a lot of great dynamic. Um, And the bridge is really, really fun. There's that silent into the literal silence before it kicks back in. Very yeah. 2000s, very dramatic. <laughs> um, I do think, I think it would have been elevated a bit more with some extra ad-libs over that final chorus. Um, and yeah. the end is just very abrupt. It's just like, boom, <laughs> like a button. Yeah. That you like, yeah, yeah, you always say okay. button, right? Um, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, otherwise, it's a solid album track. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it should have been a single anywhere other than Ireland, I guess. <laughs> wow. Um, but I still like it. So yeah, I'll give it an eight. Same. I'll, I'll match that eight. All right. Next up, we have Sweet Music, which was done by Kylie Minogue, Karen Poole, and Baby Ash. And this song was also included as the B-side on the physical single for Slow, back when physical singles were still a thing. <laughs> um, so yeah, interesting. These lyrics are interesting, right? It's literally about producing a song, making a song, but also could use that as a metaphor for a relationship or whatever. Um, so yeah. Um, but to be honest, I tend to forget that this song exists at all oh. within Kylie's discography. <laughs> um, uh, I can barely even sing it back to you now, to be very honest. Um, but I do appreciate how bright the song is compared to most of the rest of the album. Um, uh-huh. Just adds a little more dimension to the project as a whole. There's more of a funk sound to it. I like mm-hmm. the baseline groove, especially through mm-hmm. the chorus and the dance. I mean, the beat is more of a dance beat mm-hmm. um, yeah. as opposed to like the more R&B stuff that was going on. It has that, you know, disco double clap in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do like the bridge and, and the way it builds. It does add some interesting tension um, and adds. Yeah, definitely keeps the song from being super boring, you know, throughout the whole thing because it adds more dimension there and makes it a little more pensive and dark for that mm-hmm. little moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this doesn't really stand out for me overall. How about you? Yeah, I like the buzzing bass in the song. And there's a lot of uh, interesting spaceship sounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe spaceship sounds, but there's a lot of just a lot of uh, electronic pew pew zip zaps going on. Um, I like the pre-hook, the blah, 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 like that. Okay, that's not what she says, but in my mind, that's all I heard. <laughs> Right. I make her sound like she's like five. But I liked it. I think this is quirky in terms of like what it sounds like because it it um it feels almost like um like not not like groove is in the heart completely, but something about it kinda has that little like a little funky kind of like quirkiness mm. to it. Nothing too crazy, nothing too exact. Like this is one of the songs where I feel like there's like a distant cousin from like a different family got married in. That kind of thing. Um but uh I like how quirky the song is. It makes me kind of want to dance around in the golden knickers, you know? Just, you know, if I'm cleaning my mm. house on a Sunday, I would play this. But considering how I almost, like, skipped it when we were making notes, I don't think it's something that I would rank really high, unfortunately. And if you are a fan of this song, I'm so sorry. And please tell us your reason why you like this song so much. Because yeah. maybe we missed it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Whoopsie. <laughs> so, yes, for this one, I'm going to have to give it a ranking of a 7.5. It's just mm. okay. <laughs> mm. I'm going to go lower. I'll do 6.5. Kylie's discography is huge. Like, I don't remember this one out of the hundreds of songs she's released. Sorry. Up next is Red-Blooded Woman by Johnny Douglas and Karen Poole. The video for Red-Blooded Woman was filmed in L.A. and directed by Jake Nava. And this was actually the second single from the album, which is really interesting because this is the more American-sounding track. Very American. The most American-sounding track. Yeah. And yes. I wonder if they were trying to make it that way or it was just like, hey, we have crap on the album. Oh, this is good for the Americans. I'm just trying to figure out what came first. The thought or... The song and then the thought, you know? So Yeah, I do wonder, like, I think because she was gaining success in the U.S. pretty much for the first time in her career, I'm yeah. sure there was a discussion on the label side that was like, we should try and lean into that. Um, yeah. So I would guess that that was definitely the intention with this one. <laughs> yeah. You know what? This one is... It's interesting because it definitely sounds like it's from that time. Like I was listening to the song. I just heard like Chris Stokes. I heard uh, Dark Child. I heard like Scott Torch. I just heard Scott Storch. His name is hard to pronounce, production name. But yeah, I heard a bunch of old producers, you know? I wanted to kind of shimmy my lower half of my body. Like, you know how they used to do back in 2000? They go, <laughs> shimmy, that's what I wanted to do. Like wear low rider jeans, even though I don't have the body for it. That kind of thing. Um, and I feel like <laughs> this song is interesting because this was the album that Toxic could have been on, right? Because I think In The Zone was released the same year, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I know she wanted to go in a different direction, but it sound, this sounds like a, like a Britney song produced by Tim or like Justin. Like, it sounds like that kind of like, you know, totally. the strings, the drumming, especially at the end. Um, I think one of my favorite parts of this song is the outro. I wish we would have gotten more of that kind of beat pattern with the... the Oh, the kind of the beatboxing, beatboxing kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. maybe in the bridge, maybe not the full song, but maybe in the bridge, just to kind of uh, make it a little bit more like, ooh, hip hop -y kind of, or like, ooh. But I can understand why they would avoid it because they don't want to sound too much like Timbaland and JT. Um, I like the the certain kind of like vocal things, like the la-la-las and everything like that. I think lyrically, it's so interesting because once again, she's like in her 30s and she's still being fun and flirty without being too dirty. Like saying you'll never get to heaven with, if you're scared of getting high. I want to take that line and put it in one of my songs. It's so delicious. I love that. Before the chorus comes and you hear that, you're just like, oh, she's bad. Oh, mm. yes, honey. I love that. Um, the showgirl performance of it is probably one of my favorite ones because um, the band sounded great. But also we got that lovely gym scene that I kept asking you about. <laughs> And I was so happy to watch it because we all know I'm deprived. So I enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, yes. Very memorable, that performance for sure. Uh -huh. um, yeah, no, it's interesting because I actually remember loving this song when it came out. Because, mm -hmm. of course, it was very much what was happening in yeah. pop at that time. Mm -hmm. And thinking about it now that you mentioned like JT and stuff and they had that like Brits performance and stuff. Yeah. If they had gotten like a JT feature or something on there. Yes. Like this song could have been elevated so much more. It could have been a much bigger hit than it was. Yeah. I think this definitely threw off people that were fans of the Can't Get You Out of My Head and stuff, though. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it was very successful overall. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, uh, I do still enjoy this song. It's really, really fun yeah. to sing along to. Like the chorus has so many great moments. It has an interesting cadence to it. And the bye bye, you know, it's mm -hmm. just fun. Um and the pre-chorus, like you mentioned, is great and also has a lot of elements like a record. And yeah, yeah. you'll never get to heaven. Like it's all just really well written. So like props to these two. There's just a lot of interesting parts um, in each section of the song. Um, mm -hmm. What did you think of the music video? You know, what? Things, this music video is one of those examples of why I do not like when foreign artists come to America to film. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, my God. No offense to Mr. Nava. He's done some good work. But. This is not your best work, sir. It was so random. Like her being in traffic in L.A. Okay, we get that, right? She's going to a party, I guess. But like the whole random her walk, walk, random thing of her walking around with the dogs and her just looking really hot and then her dancing on an oil tanker. I mean, dude, seriously, at least put her on a freaking fire truck. An oil tanker? A <laughs> platinum oil tanker? Yeah. It, was, it made no sense. And then and then, it was just a little funny because I'm like, why is she just... I would have preferred a fire truck. You know, at least get her wet. Do something. Um, but then again, the way Americans view sexy, even though we're like so afraid to talk about it, <laughs> is different than how it would have been portrayed with slow. I mean, look at slow. No one touched this woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's sitting there touching the oil tanker. And I was like, what is going on? Oh, my hair. 
Um, I think at the end with her dancing, I was like, okay, I guess. I wish we would have got a little bit more of like a dance kind of thing or like maybe with her with, maybe not at the club, but oh my God. I can go on rants about how I can make this, but I won't. Yeah, I really hate this music video. <laughs> I think this is the first time I've watched it in years. I totally forgot mm -hmm. what even happened in it and mm -hmm. for good reason. Because mm -hmm. yeah, like first off, the first half of the song, like it doesn't match the song. Like no. it's like, why is she, it's daylight. Like why is she walking through traffic? Like what? Yeah. Um, and then I, the only part that I enjoyed was her randomly stealing that girl's outfit in her car. Because it's more, <laughs> not because it's good, but more just because like what is happening? Because like you have the other woman like who's in, who's driving, like just like staring at her like through the she mirror. She was excited. And it's like, what? And then... The Hot dance lady. scenes look so cheap. Like, why was she dancing in front of this, like, random ass, like, curtain, like, next to... It looked like she was in an alleyway where they throw out trash. <laughs> like, and oh the dance goodness. scenes, also, the choreography was just so, like, not great. No, um, no. It was very Americanized. It was just like, she can't dance. Let's give her something yeah. to do. I'm like, come on. Yeah, like, and then her, like, writhing around. In the truck. She, like, in the, the truck. truck. Like, yeah. I was like, what? Like, this is not... It hot. She looked hot. She Sorry. looked good, but it was yeah. just like so not the subtle, sexy, like you mentioned, of slow. And it was like, yeah. what is happening? So, yeah, it was just very <laughs> an attempt to make her fit in with, I guess, what the American pop stars were doing at the time. And it's just this is not it. I was very disappointed by this. Justice um, for this, this song. Justice for Boa <laughs> with Eat You Up in the Moon. I just... <laughs> Justice for everybody coming yeah. here. Yeah, but the performances. So I watched a couple of performances um, in the lead up to our episode, and it's yeah. interesting because you do have the versions on tour, like the Showgirl one, and like the Body Language Live one, where it's a little mm -hmm. more abstract and a little weirder, mm -hmm. which is kind of where Kylie usually shines, right? Like the la la la, like with the arms and stuff on the floor, oh, wow. and like it's all just like a little weird. But yeah. then on the actual promotional performances, like mm -hmm. on the award shows and on top of the pops and stuff. Yes. They do the like basic hip hop, in quotes, street hip hop commercial <laughs> choreography that they do in the music video. And mm -hmm. she looks like, you know, like the awkward white lady that's yep. like trying to like get down. Yeah. And it's, just, yep. it's not good. Like those performances are really not good. So, yeah, very you interesting part of her of her uh, career, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you're going to get me started. But luckily, 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 the next song. Kind yeah, yeah. And luckily, the song away. itself, the song itself, Red Blooded Woman, is actually Not good. the song, like, it's on the next yeah. the video. The video, sorry. The next video yeah, yeah. saves the, oh my um, God. But yeah, before we move on to that, though, what would you rate this song? I'm, I'm teetering between 8.59. I'm going to say 8.5 now, but I might give it a 9 later in my like my my life when I think about it. But 8.5 now, I'll give it. <laughs> okay, I'll go to an 8. All right, so yes, next song is Chocolate. And this one was done by Johnny Douglas and Karen Poole. And it was released as the third and final single from the album in June 2004. And the music video was directed by Don Shadforth and was a tribute to old MGM musicals. And the choreography featured in it, which was done by Michael Rooney, was nominated for Outstanding Achievement in Music Video Choreography at the American Choreography Awards, which is awesome. Um, and a version actually leaked a few years ago featuring a rap verse from Ludacris. Word on the street is that Kylie was not happy with the verse, which is why it ended up getting scrapped. And he ended up actually repurposing the verse in someone else's song. Good for him. That's, yeah. I mean, shoot, that's the best. If I spent all this time writing 16 bars, you said no. <laughs> I'm not going to just throw it away. The hell? What you're not going to do is waste my time. <laughs> Oh man, you know what? I mean, Ludacris was the was the guy at the time. Like that's why Janet's bringing him on tour this this year, which is so. Weird. We're gonna get to see Ludacris together. That's gonna be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I saw like a chicken. I'm so sorry. Okay, <clears throat> this song is the reason I wanted to do this album because Chris and I were talking about what should we do for the show. What should we do? We usually kind of like ask our patrons what should we do. Like they get priority, so make sure you definitely check out Patreon.com/slash/cctvpops. But you can become a producer and tell us what you want us to talk about. But yeah, while we were talking about this, I started singing. So, <laughs> and he was like, oh yeah, chocolate. And I was like, yeah, chocolate. Because I didn't know the words at the time. Um, so yeah, I really do enjoy this song. Okay, it's my favorite. It's one of my favorite ones. Um, it has fun influences. And I think the reason I liked it is because it has the funk influences as well as Quiet Storm. 
Um, a lot of songs from my childhood really remind, remind me of this song. And just to kind of be a little bit more current and talk about like foreign foreign artists with a similar sound, um, Automatic and Be Natural by Red Velvet sound very much like this 90s R&B Quiet Storm era. So if you want to listen to songs that sound like this, you're not a K-pop fan, definitely listen to those songs. And I definitely had like a nostalgiasm, if I, if that's a word. Because um, I was like, oh, it feels like me not understanding any of those nasty songs my mom was playing, my dad was playing, but I like it, you know? Um, I enjoy the lyrics using the simile of chocolate, you know, for love. It's very sensual mm-hmm. and, and it sounds like smooth, just like chocolate. And chocolate is, is rumored to be an aphrodisiac. So, you know, the, the lyrics are lusty, right? And the vocal deliveries are, are really, really, um, I mean, the vocal delivery is lusty, excuse me. And the lyrics are really sentimental about like believing in love again. I was like, for this song to sound so, you know, <laughs> for her to say, you know, you make me realize that love is 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 real. I was like, oh, well, that's cute. That's very sweet. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I, enjoy, I enjoyed that. Uh, what about you? I mean, you were a fan at the time. So when mm-hmm. you heard this, what were your thoughts about it? Loved it. Mm. Loved it. I think the body language live performance really sold it to me mm-hmm. as well because it really is very sensual. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, in a very subtle way, which mm-hmm. I, I think it really is where her bag is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a huge highlight on the album. It stands out every time you listen to it and through her greatest hits as well. Like there's no other song in her discography that's like this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I love it. It's so ethereal. Mm-hmm. Um and I've actually used Kylie's slow uh, for a piece about sirens before, like when <laughs> I used to be in a dance crew. And this song was actually in the running when we were choreographing that as well, because she just lends herself so well to the idea of a siren, right? Like this creepy, beautiful mermaid that lures in these sailors. Not the creepy. <laughs> yeah, there's like a there's like an interesting darkness to all of it, you know? Yeah, no, um, it's just funny. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. That's just like what I picture in this song. Um, But yeah, the groove is really, really nice. Very nuanced. It has a lot of dimension to it. And yeah, you mentioned her vocals. The breathiness is so beautiful. And like you said, can actually be harder to do than doing the belt. Um, So when she sings it live, it is she does have to kind of put a little more power behind it. But they do a good job of kind of producing the whole thing with the BGVs and stuff just to kind of Mm -hmm. make it feel as atmospheric as the recording. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I don't know if you listened to the radio edit of the song, but it actually has very different production. It's actually not mm. just an edit. Mm. Um, so the album version does have this man kind of emceeing behind a lot of it. His name is A. Guevara. I could find mm. nothing else about him. So if anyone else knows anything else about who he is and how he got involved in this, let me know because I'm very curious. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's very prominent in the album version. He's kind of like saying mm. all these random phrases behind her throughout the album version. Um, but it's kind of very far back in the mix and it kind of just adds a really weird layer to it. I don't really know how to even understand it because you have this man that's kind of just blabbing kind of yes. not not harshly, but he isn't doing it subtly, right? Like he's kind of doing all this behind her as she's being so soft and seductive. So it's just yeah. an interesting dynamic. Um, so the radio edit of the track, like I mentioned, it does have different production to it. They did a lot more to it. I think they actually removed a lot of A. Guevara's MCing. He's still in little parts of it, but they added extra guitars. There's ex- there's extra percussion. And overall, they added a little bit just more power behind the production. I think more for radio, just mm-hmm. to kind of give it a little more energy. Um, they also changed the vocal production of it. They pushed up one of the layers because I think the way they did the album version, it feels like a choir of Kylie's singing mm-hmm. um, in the single edit, the radio edit they pushed up one layer. So it's just a bit more solo, highly. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's interesting to hear the differences. I like elements of both. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just interesting always to hear kind of what choices people make when they're making the single radio versions of songs. So this oh, one's yeah, always totally. a, a good example. Um, so yeah, what do you think of the music video for this one? Oh, the video does look like those old movies. Um, you were saying uh, Siren, like, you. Know, I was like, it's better than what I was thinking. I was thinking like Cortezon, you know, because back in those days when there was like a, a a group dance, it was either like in those old movies where there's a, a woman trying to like, you know, seduce the man. Or maybe if you're thinking like uh, singing in the rain with that random dance sequence that makes no sense with Sid Charisse in it. She looks gorgeous, but it made absolutely no sense. Um, Those kind of um, scenes, that's how big and grandiose it looked. Uh, especially if you look at uh, singing in the rain with Gene Kelly and Sid Charisse, their scenes are very much like this video. Um, a lot of those movies were, but those are the ones I can kind of readily identify. 
Yeah. Um, I think the parts where she's in black with the projection of light on her reminds me of Love, Sex, Magic with Sierra and, and, and Justin Timberlake. Reminds me of Beyonce's partition. Um, so I like that kind of modern Las Vegas-esque production of it. And a lot of the um, editing or a lot of the effects were used to uh, show her face, like um, her dancing in that dark room. Uh, then it became her face, became like a panel for the dancers to hold. And then the dancers are dancing in that one room and became her hat. So a lot of it was very like female gazy and not so much like a man thinks this is sexy. It was more like, I'm a woman trying to seduce you. So yeah, I got Siren. Siren's way better than one of Cortison for sure. <laughs> um, I mean, we have a man's voice just like, um, I could I could totally hear this like in Moulin Rouge, uh, like, like as a song for um, <laughs> Satine, mm. you know? Um, so yeah, I, I I like the video. Um, I think the, the 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 fan sequence is what made me go, oh, what song is that? That's what got me, and then that's what got you know. So yeah, this this video did what it had to do, which is get my attention. <laughs> yes, I love the video. I love the performances. Like I mentioned, it's mm-hmm. just really beautiful. Um, the choreography is very simple but yeah. very very effective. So it totally makes sense that they had that award mm-hmm. in there. Um, I love the shot of the dancers on her hat as mm-hmm. well. Just really, really beautiful shot and definitely reminiscent of these MGM kind of things that they were going for. Mm-hmm. Also, it's fun to watch the promo performances of this because it's rare to see Kylie do choreography for an entire song. But yeah, yeah. she pulls it off. She <laughs> lip syncs a lot of it, but she pulls it off. Yeah. yeah and it's beautiful. It's, it is. It's a lot of arm motion. This is what she kind of excels in. You know, let her move her arms. Yeah, because her heels are always crazy. Yeah, she's... <laughs> yeah, I've seen a couple of performances. I was like, girl, please don't fall. But I mean, there are ballroom shoes that are high like that. So she handled it. Um, that being said, since we're like talking about like dancing with the stars and ballroom shoes, um, what will you give? What score do you you give this? Song? Um, this is a highlight across her entire discography for me. So yes, I will give it a 10. How about you? Yeah, this is my first 10 of the album. There you go. <laughs> oh, next we have Obsession with Curtis Mantronic, David Billing, and Mim Gray. Mm-hmm. All right, this one. <laughs> Right after Jocko, we got a dark child, dark, dark child sound check again. Um, I mean, this song is interesting, like lyrically. I can talk about the production things, um, but I'm sure you'll do it. But lyrically speaking, if a TikToker got a hold of this song and decided to make an acoustic, melodramatic cover of this, this would be like a narcissist anthem. I mean, granted, that word is not used properly. It's like it's not NPD, but this would definitely fit in the whole like, you didn't want me. You just wanted someone to worship you and then and then and then. I guess how a lot of people feel like feel like with the people that they're dating now. It's just sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, the times have changed. The pendulum has swung. Um, but yeah, I feel like this track feels very janity to me, or not very, a little janity for me, which is not bad. It's giving Velvet Rope. Mm-hmm. We reviewed that album, so make sure you check out our review. It's one of our favorite reviews. I think we had a good time doing that one. Yeah, um, yeah definitely do another Janet album soon. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I love the synths in this one. And especially, again, I'm just going to keep referring to Body Language Live, but they do the crazy arm. I hate that. I always think of that, though, when I hear I hate it. Oh, man. But yeah, this is another just very American, quote unquote, sounding song. Very typical drum loop of the songs out at that time. I'm sure we could find a ton of songs that use that same drum loop. Um, But I actually love the chorus of this one. It is really fun to sing along to. has a great, great melody. And yeah, I think these songs where you're like accusatory, you know, they're always just kind of fun to sing to, even if, I mean, I luckily can't really relate to this song, but Ooh, yes, yeah, a lot right. of people can. Um, yeah. I just avoid those people. I don't even, yeah. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> um, I feel that. Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the strings in the second verse add a really interesting dynamic mm-hmm. and make it a little more unique, I think. Yeah. Um, and the ad libs at the end are very, very nice. Um, and there's a really nice build to those final, final choruses. You get that obsession. It's a dangerous state. Of my, yeah. Like you get that yeah. little thing at the end yeah. um, and through the outro as well. So, yeah, I really enjoyed this one. I think it's another one that could have been a single if they had the time for it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, this is a highlight for me. I will give it a 8.5. Oh, I'll give this one an 8. Track nine is I Feel For You. And this one was done by Electric J, Stefano and Salmetti. Liz, Wynn Stanley, and Jason Piccioni. What do you think of this one? Boy, this one's weird. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> this song is weird. <laughs> um, you know, when I okay, so Monday Blues was a weird one, right? Like, but that's in disco. Disco. Mm-hmm. I get mm-hmm. that. 
This one, okay. I can see where the Monday Blues thing came from. Okay. So um, it's quirky and it's very funky and the lyrics are full of whimsy, right? But I, I think of a, like a field of daisies when I hear this song, you know, green screen video, the daisies, uh-huh. are, the daisies are singing to you. Like, <laughs> you. Like, like, there's some, like, like there's some real oddball production choices that make me like, like toward the latter half of the song. Yeah. I'm just like, what, 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 what's going on? What's going on? Um, uh, yeah. God. Uh, this words she didn't write she didn't like really write on it right really doesn't look like it yeah no um i mean the vocal sample was interesting i don't know that what was that (laughs) it's not like the way i've been laughing this whole episode like a chicken i don't really (laughs) yeah that's how i've been laughing too like that's what it sounds like a chicken and i just don't know who decided that this would be a good idea like you know like you're sitting there walking through the daisies and the bird goes, like, no. So for me, this was like something that was like, wow, this is like amazing. Um, the, 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 um, the, 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 the piano part the, mm-hmm. um, toward the, the pre-hook kind of sounded like, gotta have house music. It has like a boom, 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 yes. boom, kind of frantic playing mm-hmm. thing. So like I said, there's moments of it. It's like, it's, it's like when, when an ugly man makes a beautiful baby, like he had, like he has nice features, but somehow the baby comes out looking really nice. That's what this song is doing. It has very lovely features, but parts of it is questionable. It's like, oh, look at its mouth. It's so cute. Oh my God, look at its mouth. You know, like, yeah. that's what's happening with this song. It's not terrible, but it's not like great either. You know? Yeah, I don't really know how to process this song, <laughs> even like this, like 20 years on. Um, I I appreciate Kylie <laughs> for all the random experimentation she has done throughout her whole okay. career. Like, right. we, I would love to dive into kind of her. She has an era where <laughs> she went to an indie label and she really went experimental. And this oh. song is kind of reminiscent of that, the mm. kind of impossible princess era. So okay. um, I appreciate her for trying, trying. new things. Yeah. yeah, trying new things. Um, I will say I do enjoy the ah. intro of it. It's a really yes. fun guitar riff. And yes. yeah, I love the piano that gets through it. And yeah, this album as a whole is quite serious, I think. So it is nice, again, just to have something a little lighter and a little weirder, just to kind of break things up a little bit. Yeah. Um, I do think the song feels like it lasts too long for it's sure. Five minutes. Like there's a part in the middle where she goes on and on and on. I'm like, oh my gosh, so, like you really are going on and on and yeah. on. Yeah. Yes. Like, girl. <laughs> girl. Come on. Um, and then we get like 40 seconds of this like storm and yes. nature sounds yep. in yep. it at the end. Like, what yeah. is that? Like, Can I why? tell you something? There's 30 seconds. I love that first 30 seconds in the beginning too. But then mm. you add that with the the 30 to 40 seconds at the end. That's a whole minute of the song. <laughs> and then it's so they had to be there. Um, but yeah, none, of, none, of, none of the other songs do that. So I feel like it's a little random. I'm just like, well, what does it mean? What does yeah. it mean? Yeah, like, this song is just a little odd. Like, yeah. I feel like it maybe should have been a B-side. Although, like I said, it does add something different to the album. So maybe that's just what they were going for. I don't know. Um, I'm still perplexed by this. Um, okay, yeah. I don't even know how to rate it. Uh, I know. Okay, right well, okay, what are you giving it? You know, fat ass five. <laughs> okay, I okay. think I could match you with a five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that sounds right to me. Up next is Someday, written by Kylie Minogue, Baby Ash, and Emiliana Torini. So right after this crazy Daisy Field, very goofy movie, you know, Roxanne and Max in the uh, the, 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 the flower garden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we get into this song. Someday is yes. interesting. What, what much are more about? serious. Much more serious suddenly. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's what the storm is supposed to just like bring you back. I don't know. Anyway, um, I find the production of the song really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. More interesting than her vocals on it. Because I think oh, yeah. as an actual song, it's kind of just okay. But the production mm-hmm. itself is actually kind of interesting. Because like mm-hmm. she kind of gets drowned out a bit in the chorus. Yes. And there's just like a lot going on in it. Um, so yeah. yeah. I do think there's some interesting harmony choices in there, though. But yeah, the production itself actually really um, impacted me more than the song itself and her vocals mm-hmm. on it. 
Because, yeah, it's kind of dreamy and a Mm -hmm. little psychotropic. Like, I think you were kind of mentioning, like, the last song could be, like, hallucinogenic. Like, it sounds like you could be on drugs or whatever and, like, hallucinating daisies singing to you. This song kind of has that feeling as well, but in a darker way. Like, you could have taken some hallucinogenic drug and um, everything's just kind of warped. And there's just kind of all these things happening Mm -hmm. around you that you can't really process or understand. That's Mm -hmm. kind of what this whole song feels like. Mm Um, I do think having the man randomly come in to sing some of the bridge was odd as well. Yeah. I, I'm assuming that's Baby Ash because they don't credit anyone else. But I, I don't know. Let me know if you know a different. But yeah, I think the song in general is just a little weird. You know what? Yeah. I don't I don't I don't blame you. Um, I'll get to that man voice in a second. But um, <laughs> okay. that man voice. Sorry, man voice. He has a name. Um, he actually is uh, from this this band. Um, called um, a green guard side and she says she never met this man ever like to this day okay <laughs> and she says she left him a voicemail saying like hey this is me i want to say thank you so much you sounded amazing you sound you sound brilliant as she said that was the wrong accent but yeah so i guess they kind of just had him to kind of add a little bit more of a um serious tone i don't know because he's one of the features on this album and i don't know why he's not credited as some as such maybe he is we just didn't like yeah, it's a little random. It is. Um, but yeah, this song, it sounds like, um, forgive me if I'm wrong. Don't come for me, uh, fans. I feel like I would have enjoyed maybe even Spice Girls singing on something like this. Like, this is something that I could hear them kind of like, you know, do their little, you know, let me know all that. I just did just now. But <laughs> I something about this song makes me feel like I want to hear the Spice Girls on it. And I don't know why. Is it the Spice this is this is it the Spice World album that makes me feel sweet? Or maybe the Goodbye album? Not the Goodbye album, the Forever album. I don't know, but something about this makes me feel like I want to hear them on this. Like I feel like they would deliver it nicely because they have five different voices. I don't know. Something about this just feels like no offense, maybe because she just didn't deliver vocally and then the mix was just a little bit too overpowering. That mm-hmm. I was like, oh man. Oh, yeah, but no, I, I don't know. I have Spice Girls in my head when I hear this song. I don't know why having Emma on the Sunday. Na-na-na-na. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's just my brain being brainy over here. I don't know what that is, but um, I would be interested to hear a group sing it, regardless of being Spice Girls or not, but just a group of people sing it and not just Kylie, or maybe just rearrange it in a way where it makes it sound a lot more full because the song is super lush and full. Um, It's kind of like this sad, jazzy funk moment. And then at the end, we get this boho chaotic mess. And I'm not happy about that. I made no damn sense. Um, but, uh, you know, like overall, it's not bad. It was just a little like, not alternative, but it was experimental for sure. It was. Um, I don't yeah. know how I feel about it on this album, though, honestly. Because I'm like, what? maybe yeah. you guys can answer us. If Kylie fans or fans of this song, can you please possibly explain to me um, and Chris, uh, if you <laughs> if you want to help us, what exactly does this song have to do with body language as a concept, as an album, being minimalistic, and all the other, you know, ethos that we talked about? Uh, leave a comment below, and we'll look forward to reading those comments. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't really know what to think of this song. Um, I like it more than the last one. I, I guess I'll give it a 6.5. Okay, I'll give it a six. All right, so moving on to <laughs> Loving Days, which was done by Kylie Minogue, Dave Morgan, Julian Gallagher, and our fave, Richard Biff Stannard. What's up, yes. Rich? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I do like this one. Mm. I never really thought about it much at the time of release. I think this whole latter part of the album, I kind of just didn't <laughs> really understand as a whole, as a you know, as a young kid at the time. Mm-hmm. Um so I've only since kind of more recently as I've revisited her whole discography and grown to appreciate this one a bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, I think similar to Someday, it still has that kind of ethereal dreaminess to it mixed Mm -hmm. with the added kind of darkness and creepiness to it that kind of underlies a lot of this album, which is very interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, with all the references to the blue and the waves and stuff, it brings me back to the siren idea as well. Like someone needs to like write a siren movie for Kylie to star in. I don't know. Um, But yeah, there's something very ominous about it um, in the production and the melody, because it's almost like she's talking about loving days, but it's almost like it's this precious time that is finite and short. Like it's only going to last a couple days and that's it. Like there's just something very like ominous about it, which is very interesting. Um, 
And yeah, there's a good mix of electronic sounds with the orchestra, just a really interesting intensity that it adds when it all comes together. I would love to hear the song with like a full orchestra or something. I think it could be really intense. Yeah. Yeah. This one is, I like this one. Uh, I can't, oh, I'm having a moment where I could not pinpoint the the genre or like what song I could relate this to. Because there are a lot, a couple songs that kind of have this, uh, this feeling. Um, I'm so sorry. Y'all. I'm usually pretty good about this one. But uh, yeah, this one I can't, I couldn't like pinpoint what song from, you know, my little <laughs> Rolodex of random music that I know fits to this song. Uh, but yeah, this one's definitely more heartfelt, which is, again, interesting. After all that flirtiness, this one's a nice, not not like slow tempo. It's not even mid-tempo, something tempo. It's a it's a very somber track, very dramatic. Um, I like the post-chorus string flourishes that come before the second verse. Um, mm. I will say that there's a drum pattern um, in this song that... It sounds like Opus Number 1 by... Tim Carlton and Derek Deal. You know when you call on the phone and it goes, dun, 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 dun. you know the, the the waiting call. That's <laughs> yeah. what the drum pattern sounds like. So when I heard the song, I was like, Damn, that's what y'all pick. Dang it! If y'all want to just use like actual drums and not this weird Cisco phone line thing, uh, dang it. Um, but yeah, I, I like the lyrics and the sentimentality of the song. Um, like the first line, I'll dive deep. I've fallen all the way. Happily, there's no escape. Love that first line. I think it sets the tone like really well. Like that first line is really good. There's no escape. Like she doesn't want to leave this love. She's so happy, but she doesn't know if it's going to last. Mm-hmm. It's ephemeral, you know? So I think that's really beautiful. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like this one and it's definitely <laughs> helpful to hear. Mm-hmm. After those other two tracks, mm-hmm. so my ranking is a little bit higher, and I think it does. I feel the the feel the vibe of it a little bit more. Um, but the the opus number one Cisco phone line drums kind of detract a little bit for me for from it for me. So I'm gonna give this one a I'm gonna give this one an eight an eight okay seven point yeah. five seven point five okay I'm sticking with the eight yeah seven point yes <laughs> up next and the final track is After Dark by Kathy Dennis and Chris. Braid. Mm-hmm. All right. This one. <laughs> ah, this one's so much fun. When I think about this song, I think about the concerts with the background singers. And yeah. uh, I remember my reaction when we were watching. I was like, I want to make some honey. What what is that? I wanna what is that? <laughs> what would make some honey? Um, I thought that was really cute because also it didn't rhyme either. Cause I remember looking at you like, that didn't rhyme, but it was cute, right? So um this song is interesting because when I remember hearing the first lines of the chorus, it reminded me of Baby I, or Baby I reminds me of it. Oh, baby. Da-da-da. Same thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting. I'm like, did anyone clock her for this? Or was it just different enough? But not really? Okay. Um, no no need to sue. I'm not here to cause any issues. But yeah, <laughs> I, li- I listened to Kathy Dennis's earlier stuff, her solo things. And this is really up her alley. Like, she could really write a good song. Um, and I mean, she wrote Toxic. She wrote a lot of songs for Kylie, of course. But like mm-hmm. this song here, I'm like, oh, yeah, I totally hear what she was working on at the time. This is nice. This is nice. Um, the bass line is so cool to me. And I like the little guitar sound. Um, you could you throw those raspy, sultry vocals. And like, oh, my gosh, it's, it's a nice way to finish an album. Um, it's not too bright. It's not too serious. And it kind of brings the, the mood up a little bit just enough. Um, again, I love the live version of it. It felt like a girl group and I love the fullness of the, the chorus with voices. It sounds really nice. Um, and I love, love, love that bridge because it breaks down so nicely and the yes. tension builds greatly and you're, you're right back around. You're sitting there like, yes, it does what it needs to do. It's a nice closer. And I feel like it just kind of puts a good old, big old dot on the album that is Body Language. So what about you? Interesting. I disagree that this is a good album closer. Mm. Um, I think it throws off everything from the last couple tracks. Like, I kind of wish it just ended with Loving Days because uh. I think it actually does kind of, I think leaving those three experimental tracks kind of near the end oh. and kind of closing it off that way was mm-hmm. would be a bit more effective because I think this one would actually be more effective higher up in the sequence. I think I would actually mm-hmm. like it more. If it was up there, because I mm. think it just is so completely different to kind of the darkness that yeah. we just experienced. Yeah. That I don't know. It, I, yeah. I don't love the sense. sequencing of it. 
Um, mm-hmm. But yes, as a song on its own, though, I do enjoy it. It has a nice funk to it. And like you mentioned, some really, really great harmonies. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the bass line and the little guitar riffs that come in the bow, bow, you know, like all yeah. that that comes in on, on the on the in the verses and stuff. Really, really cool track overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. The bridge is also my favorite part. A lot of tension building. Um, again, I do wish those final choruses, though, were mm-hmm. elevated slightly because it oh, yeah. felt like it mm-hmm. was building to something that it never really fully got mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. um like again yeah. there were some ad libs and stuff but i don't know it's just production wise maybe more guitar or i don't know yeah, something, something needed to be there just something. to kind of give mm-hmm. it a climax um mm-hmm. so yeah i think the song's okay it feels a little safe i think maybe because mm-hmm. we just listened to those few experimental tracks and now we're back to just like a yeah. more basic pop track um yeah. so yeah it feels a little fillery i think because of that mm-hmm. um but as a song itself i do enjoy it yeah yeah you know what i am not detached from the live version of it so what you said makes a lot yeah. of sense yeah so what will you rank the song Ooh. um i'll give it a 7.5 okay i will give it an a <laughs> not that high i just like the song <laughs> <laughs> awesome all right so that's the whole standard album There are some bonus tracks and stuff, but we'll do those in a future episode for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, we're now at the cut or keep section where we have to decide one song to cut if we had to and one song to keep if we could only keep one song. So what would you cut from the album? I'm getting rid of Someday because honestly, the fact that I can't really hear her on it in the mix, not great. Um, Lovely Days already does the somber thing way better. And this mm-hmm. random man that doesn't necessarily need to be there is unnecessary. So goodbye. <laughs> okay, fair. Um, I will cut sweet music um, just because I never remember it. Like, I never, if I don't even remember it's even on the album, like, it shouldn't even be there for me, right? So mm. there you go. Uh, yeah, if I had to keep a song. All right, let's, let's not choose the singles because I feel like it'd be really obvious if we did. Mm-hmm. I would probably keep <laughs> Secrets, Take You Home. I will. I probably will keep still standing because it sounds like Prince. <laughs> I like that nice. one. I'll just put someone that one. <laughs> nice. All right. So, final rating and overall thoughts. What do you think? Twenty years on, almost hmm. from the release mm-hmm. of Body Language. What do you think? Um, I think I would give this album an eight. I don't really know her discography that well to sit down and compare it with all of it because that's what we usually do here on um track by track, y'all. Uh, yeah. But uh. You know, since I am a newer fan, this is like the first album we've all listened to together. Um, I would just keep it at an eight because it's not bad and it's good for what I was trying to do. But it also does sound like of the times I was thinking about a 7.5, but I think an eight is pretty solid because um, a lot of songs that I like are on here and I liked it more than I disliked it. <laughs> mm-hmm. about you? Yeah, I will go the 7.5. Um, it is definitely not one of my favorite Kylie albums as a whole. Mm-hmm. I think I could pick out half of it that I absolutely love and listen to all the time, but the rest of it, um, yeah, just kind of falls to the wayside a little bit. Mm-hmm. I do think overall, though, it is underrated mm-hmm. in general. I, I think it sucked kind of being a fan at the time because you could actually feel the momentum kind of dying mm-hmm. after the peak of, you know, the fever era. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think I don't think the single choices were really correct. Like as much as I love yeah. chocolate, mm-hmm. I don't think that was actually a good single choice. Like that's kind of weird on yeah. radio at the time. Like that's not really going to do anything. Red Blooded Woman, I get the idea behind it, but it mm-hmm. just wasn't mm-hmm. unique enough to make her stand out amongst right. such a saturated time yes. in pop. At that moment. So, yeah, I just don't think the campaign was right for the Mm -hmm. album. Mm -hmm. Um, So that has tainted it a little bit. But as a project, you know, um, I do think it's important Mm -hmm. uh, in her kind of just development as an artist. I think it was important for her to do something different from the stuff that was making her so successful. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, I do enjoy it as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Please be sure to let us know your rankings of all the songs and let us know what you would cut or keep. And keep it nice in the comments because we love to read the comments. But if you're going to be me, we ain't going to read them. <laughs> All right. <Yes>. So <laughs> what is next for Kylie? I mean, a lot of things mm. going on. I mean, she's she's finally getting ready to release some new music, right? Not finally mm-hmm. getting ready, but like she's she's gearing up toward it. She's been mm-hmm. teasing the kind of genre she's been doing. She just mm-hmm. did Sydney World Pride, which is really fun because she brought Danny out. Yeah. It's, it's nice to see her out and about and performing. People are excited to see her. 
Um, and I mean, like, a 16th album is crazy, right? Yeah. So hopefully it's going to be really good because if she's doing what I think she's doing and they bring Kathy Dennis, again, Kathy, that's like right up her alley. I'm excited because she used to do like a lot of Diva House back in the day. So I'd like some of that going on. Just want to say that. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. She's been teasing it in the interviews and stuff. Um, we are recording this in March of 2023. So uh, I'm very excited as news comes out over the next couple of weeks. Um, I am aware of something coming out in April. So we'll get into that. But uh, yeah, she's mentioned 2000s electro, a 90s house, a moto pop, which is similar to what you call like crying on the dance floor pop. Love um, <laughs> so yeah, she shines in all of that. Um, so yeah, very excited to hear what she's come up with and anticipating and already saving money for the potential Vegas residency. Oh, it's all exciting. We're all here for it. And if you're here for it, let us know what you think about this album and let us know what other albums you'd like to hear us review. You can join our crew on Patreon to hang out with us and please comment below or message us at CCTV Pops on all social media. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and turn on the notifications for our YouTube channel. And if you're enjoying our show on a podcast platform, please give us a follow rating and a review. Until next time, that's Chris. That's Shan. And we are signing off from CCTV, the nonstop Pop shoot.